Alright, this is a rehash of a previous episode when we were Hawk Moon Visions. We did this particular episode. It was originally episode 4, we'll call it episode 2. And it's called Mystical Magical Fur Babies. And it's about the magical bond that we have with our pets. And it's kind of a lighthearted episode. So just remember, don't get confused with all of the Hawk Moon Visions talk. We're at intuitiveinsights.one now, where both my wife and I offer readings daily, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So sit back and relax and enjoy this little humorous episode about our little lovers and our little fur babies. Hello out there. This is Matt Buchanan, and I'm here with my wife, Regina. Say hello, Regina. Hello. We are here for episode four of the Hawk Moon Visions podcast, where this one's called Mystical Magical Fur Babies. And today, I'm going to share a lot of stories about the wonderful magic that we experience with our pets and even the hidden psychic link that we share. So stay tuned. Well, hello out there. It's Friday, July 16th, 2021. And today, the Hawk Moon Visions podcast is coming at you about none other than your wonderful little fur babies that you keep in your life, your pets and those animals that you hold dear. And we're animal lovers here, aren't we, Gina? I absolutely love and adore animals. We never had children. So we have a cat and he pretty much serves as our child and we treat him even more delicately and lovingly than even a child in many cases. We love him to death and he's become such a huge part of our life and he's very gentle, right? He's not a hard cat, you know? No, he's actually full of love and we absolutely spoil him rotten. We call him the guru because he actually has something that, you know, we all desire. His love is so perfect and he's non-aggressive for a cat. It's, it's just hard to believe he's even that way. So I wanted to also talk today about the hidden psychic bond we have with pets. You know what I'm talking about there, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you're feeling down, isn't it strange how your pet knows when you're feeling down? Now, some of this could be chemical, right? Yeah, yeah, and maybe they notice our habits. And some of it, it may be chemical, but they seem to just know. And whenever you're feeling down, they come and they just cuddle you and they kind of whine the same, almost to show a side of empathy. Remember, with cats, they don't even communicate with us uh, the same way they do with other cats. They mainly speak for our benefit. And they can understand a whole hell of a lot more of the commands that we say than I understand of them. I mean, if we were to come down from outer space... You would think they were in charge. Here we are scooping the crap and, you know, <laughs> feeding them, brushing them up. <laughs> Gina even, you know, Gina even wipes the kitty's butt, makes sure he keeps himself clean. You know, I mean, she's really adamant about keeping him just absolutely perfect. Uh, that's hidden psychic bond, though. I really feel like it's it's something that they, they come to love us in such a way that they actually connect with us beyond the physical and I wanted to speak about how cats have this uncanny ability, and and most animals as well, to know what's about to happen before it happens. Because you know that little bastard, when I go to clip his claws, always seems to know when I'm going to do it. And how many times have I actually picked up uh, the clippers in the morning, hidden them somewhere in the living room, and he was cool all day until it was time. I got that little gleam in my eye, and what, what did he do? He took off running, hiding. Like he knows what's going to happen. Now, I have a theory about this. I honestly feel like this psychic, seemingly psychic instinct that pets have have to do with more of the fact that they're more in touch with 
their predatory instincts, and they're of a necessity for them to survive. The reason why humans aren't quite as psychic as animals is based on the fact we don't need it as much anymore. We're living the soft life. We don't need to find the herds. We don't need to know where the, you know, the best trees are to gather the nuts. We had to know these things in the past. And in the past, they relied on shamans to actually help locate the herds. And, and even prevent uh, being attacked. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the wild thing is I can hide those clippers in the living room and he will know no matter what, when that moment comes. Same with medicine. Sometimes we have to put enzyme in his ears because he has yeast issues. And uh, he always seems to know. So I honestly feel like that really is a throwback for us to when we actually needed those powers. That's why so many people, they remain latent in them. That, you know, the animal is still in touch with those instincts. And I think that's why that is. Now, that's just my theory, by the way. Yeah, because there's times going back to you clipping his claws. There's times that... um, you change the habits. You'll bring it out in the morning. Sometimes you'll bring it out in the afternoon. It doesn't matter when you bring the clippers out. He just knows. He absolutely knows. And they enhance our lives in so many ways. I wanted to talk a minute about cat people versus dog people versus snake people. Like cats I love because they kind of, in fact, if you find yourself enjoying the habits of cats, we work at home, you'll also find yourself gaining weight like your cat. Because if you start taking naps all the time after you eat and doing what the cat does, you'll all of a sudden see why the the everyday average house cat is fat. (laughs) Because they do absolutely nothing. But one thing you learn from having a cat is to deal with stress, right? They really relax you and help with pain even, I've noticed. Oh, man, they show you how to chill. They teach the <laughs> art of the chill. Now, see, that's different. Some people, they like the dogs. You know, you, you get home and they're, oh, oh, my God, there you are, there you are. Oh, let me up, oh, let me, let me right there, scratch me right there. See, I can't handle that damn energy. That is not my energy. And even though I love dogs, it's not my energy, you know? Well, they're more family-oriented. They're more family-oriented. And, you know, I've never understood the snake people. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. I don't either. I I come down. I come from where swamps are and snakes are, so they kind of creep me out. I just. I, I don't see how you form a bond with them. We all know our friend Kathy loves the snakes, and she loves her snake. So I I don't judge it. It's just not my flavor, if you know what I mean. But so my friend Ketchup back in the day he was a biker, you know, taekwondo dude, and he had a huge snake, and he would always people would always tell us like when you were over there chilling, man, you better watch because he got a big snake, and he would always be like under the bed or something. And he let him sleep in the room at night with him, everything big, big python. And I was like, I don't know, man, you know. And I'm not afraid of snakes per se. I just don't really, you know. Do you do you feel that affectionate bond with the snake? Not really. Not really. Snake lovers don't be hating on us. We like the fur babies, and, you know, this is mystical, magical fur babies today. Now, they enhance our lives in so many ways. We always call Kiva the guru because he loves so gently and so perfectly. This cat is really, really the most gentle cat you would ever see. You can turn him over, rub his damn belly, play with his paws. Gina wipes his eyes because he has a bad allergy. He lets us do anything to him. In fact, he stretches his arms out in glory as he's getting it. Like, ah, I'm so great. I'm so great. And, uh, and and that's what we love about him. We love about cats. They just have this regalness about them that you don't have, you know, sometimes even with dogs. Now, some people find that pompous, don't they? They don't like cats for that. Yeah, when we pet his when he when we pet his stomach and his chest, he'll stretch his arms out and just 
super cute and super loving. He is so so gentle. He's a good he's a good cat. And so animals enhance our lives. And I know he's hard on the allergies. Let's face it, right? You know, me I'm asthmatic, you know, and and Gina is allergic technically to cats. Although through the years homeopathically you've done well, right? You know, you've kind of Oh yeah, when when I was a teen into my uh young adult years, I would actually break out in hives all over my face. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Even when we first got uh Buki, the previous cat. Let me tell you, we'll talk about him in the next segment. He was a funny <laughs> cat. That one was. Oh, he was wild. He was a wild one. But the one we have now is really gentle. And I, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am a hyper person. Am I not Gina? Yes. I'm very high strung. I'm very detail oriented. And what he brings to the table for me is he calms me down. Sometimes he really helps alleviate my stress. And he's just an all around ball of love. But that psychic bond, it's it's funny how they just know when you're when you're crying or something like that or upset, even if they don't see you right away, they come up to you and they whine almost and say, Oh, let me make it better, the little ouchie that you're having. And it's amazing to feel that bond. They've even done studies. Uh, you know, listen, don't quote me on the study now, all you fact checkers out there. But they've done studies that they know exactly when their owners leave, especially dogs, when they leave work because they can see the activity. And they even fluctuated when that person would leave to see if that dog knew exactly when that person was coming home to anticipate. So there's definitely a psychic bond there that we have with pets. Look at all the, you know, miraculous things that pets have done to save lives. Not just dogs, but cats, but even a pot-bellied pig a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Went into the street and flagged some traffic and took him inside because the owner had had a heart attack or something of that nature. A pig. I know, that's so wild. That's so crazy. That's wild. Apparently pigs are really not that bad pets. They're just, we never looked at them that way, you know. We we kind of just saw them as bacon or whatnot. But they are really affectionate pets and they're not even really nasty. So everybody has their own flavor with pets. You have the hamsters, you get children to kind of... Bring them along, you know what I'm saying? Get, get them used to having a pet. I love squirrels. Oh, Gina, my wife, the lioness, loves to feed the squirrels. Well, the only damn problem with it is that she throws these peanuts out to these squirrels in the morning. And apparently blue jays and cardinals also like these, you know, like these peanuts. So the blue jays show up in the morning. I mean, loud as they can. Now, I like a real peaceful morning. We work at home. I'm drinking my coffee. Last thing I need is red and blue birds bitching at me to give them friggin' peanuts. And Gino's just, well, I'll be like that, shut up, bird. Shut up, bird, you know. And, and the cat, we love to watch it because he doesn't go outside. And he's so gentle. And he's a chicken. He's a chicken shit, isn't he? He runs to the back with every little noise. If someone comes over, he hides. He's practically feral now because no one hardly visits here. We're very insulated here you know we spend you know we work from home so he's a total chicken shit i mean he just runs you know at the at the drop of a dime but he's so so loving but i i've never understood why he's just so afraid of everything just not enough experience i guess with I mean, other people and other animals but when he, he gets just in knows that, us when he gets in that window though and he looks at those birds and those squirrels. He gets the most pissed off look I've ever seen. And I get proud of him, I know. I'm like, you little killer. You know you'd feed the family right now. But he's too fat. He wouldn't be able to catch those squirrels. You know? No, no, he uh, wouldn't. fat bastard. We play with him. My wife plays with him with this. Uh, it's like a stick. And it has like a little tiger tail attached to it. And I tied like a mouse with twine on it. Like a little mouse. 
And I think we used to be able to put catnip in that one or something. But mm-hmm. Gina throws it at him, and he'll go through the house. But then he lays on his back to hunt. He spreads his arms out like, throw it at me, and I'll catch it. So, you know, already I know he's not catching the birds and the damn squirrels. <laughs> no, man. He ain't getting shit, He flops man. on the floor and rolls over. And I'm just like... Keep. And then, you can't, you can't hunt like this. And then he's like, <laughs> he's grunting, groaning. He sounds like a little tiger in there. He gets out of breath. I mean, he's he, and then he starts bathing the little mouse. I'm like, man, animals are brutal with their, you know, with their prey, man. He's got to clean it up before he eats it. Of course, he never eats it. He only eats his hair off the floor. After he gets brushed, he thinks he has to take back his lost hair into himself. For some odd reason, if it's been on the floor for hours and all of a sudden it hadn't been vacuumed up, he finds it and he feels like he needs to reabsorb it and he eats the hair. And we're like, what's the point of trying to prevent him from hairballs if he's going to eat the damn hair? Well, I just pick up the hair off the floor so he doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah, he just, you know, he's just a goofball. Like, he's a really, one day I was brushing him and I was cleaning his brush outside. I went outside to clean his brush and I took this big tuft of hair and threw it to the wind. It landed on the porch and this bird flew up. And grabbed the clump of hair and took off with it. And I said, he's going to build his nest with it. Think of the legend he's going to be like, I killed this cat. I'm going to make me a nest with this stuff right here. Y'all ain't never messing with me. You know, but he took off with that fur. And I laughed my ass off. I thought to myself, you're building your nest with the very predator who would eat you. And he, he took it to build his nest, though. I'm sure he stayed warm at night. With Perhaps he even came back when we would brush him to get more. Like, this is some bomb-ass insulation right here, you know. But, uh. Anyway, we love our cats, and in all honesty, I have this little bit of a reputation myself, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my first cat in the second segment, but I'm kind of a little bit of an animal whisperer, meaning everywhere I go, animals love me, and I used to work in sanitation, and uh, literally, I was a trash man, and everywhere I went there were these dogs. Literally, the owners said, even after I left those routes, those dogs never stop barking when a trash truck is there, and I had these, these little poogles. I would visit, you know, I would jump out of the truck and run and pet them. And I had some huskies I would wrestle around with in their yards and stuff like in the, in the more rural routes that I had. Even a horse one day. My brother said, I, I just, I, for some odd reason, I went up to the horse and I just started talking to the horse in the pasture as we were picking up trashers. Like, pastures back there. I just started talking to him like, hey, baby, and all that little baby talk. And that freaking horse walked over to me. So, you know, they're affectionate. Somebody talks to the horse. Either that or, you know. God knows what, but that seems to be the thing. With and, and even the dog up there, we got uh, Athena up the road, the pit bull. Oh yeah, she's so precious. And if if we don't acknowledge her, she cries when we take our walk. She literally, and we don't really see her very much, but just that little bond that she's formed with us has become like this this thing that she just needs. I mean, when we go by, she's needing it, and we pick the mail up up there, so she's not. She usually you can hear her over there. Eh. Like come over here, and some days I'm in a hurry, or I, you know, I don't want to have to wash my hands, and I neglect her a little bit. But uh, and we have this problem. Both of us are that way. We're, Gina had a reputation when she was young for being the dog whisperer, and dogs would follow her everywhere she went when she went walking. I walked a lot. I walked everywhere I went. I walked, and dogs would just follow me. But going back to Matt being a sanitation worker. The funny thing about that is, is when you think about trash men you th- and dogs, you think about the dogs attacking the trash men. That happened too. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some stories about that in the second in the second uh, part of this 
episode that you'll find pretty funny because I through the, when I did do that for a living way back in the day in my youth, I had a, some hilarious experience with certain animals and they were absolutely funny. So today, we're glad to be talking at you. I hope you guys are already enjoying this segment. We're trying to do our best to entertain and talk about something we all like to talk about. Uh, this podcast is most definitely about life, but not always just paranormal things, but the things we enjoy from the paranormal perspective. What do you think, Gina? Oh, yeah. So we'll be right back, and then we'll continue with the second segment. I want to tell you all about a little cat named Buki. That's why I nicknamed the second segment Nerf Guns and Bruce Lee. So stay oh, tuned. Lord. <laughs> stay tuned. You know you love those cute little fur babies. You know you do. All right, now we're back. And I promised you some stories. And this is uh, called Nerf Guns and Bruce Lee. Because we had a cat named Buki that we actually hijacked from the pound many years ago. And he lived with us for about 12 and a half years before he passed. But as soon as we got him home, he looked like the most pretty cat you've ever seen. He was, he was white with gray, little wolf spot down his face. I always called him my tiger wolf. But as soon as we got him home and let him out of that temporary pet carrier, what the hell did he do? Oh, he busted out and ran. His arms were all bowed, you know, like he, he had like bow legs and he's running through the house like it's like something out of a John Wayne movie. I mean, thundering through the house back and forth. <laughs> and we said, oh, hell, what did we do? And I mean, he and he would wrap himself around my head at night and lick my because I used to shave my head a lot back then. And he would lick my bald head, if you remember. Yes. And he would literally bathe me and sleep up top of my head like that. But he was actually really wild. And I'll never forget because he always, you know, liked to get stuff started. And, I, and back then I was young. I was wild. I was very active. So I'd run through the house trying to get him, you know, riled up and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, once in a while when I would just pull this little Bruce Lee thing. Like, Whoa! And I'd flex for it, you know, like Bruce Lee would before a fight. And then he all of a sudden one day came into the living room, arched his back, his tail fluffed out, and he arched his back and started going sideways, going, like he was emulating the Bruce Lee thing. I said, you little son of a bitch, do you want to fight? But he was so much fun, and I played with him so much, and I would even buy Nerf guns, right, and chase him through the house with the Nerf guns, shooting him with the darts, and he would steal the darts and run off with them. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. This cat was fearless. Even noises didn't scare him. Oh, he was wild. He was wild and tough and just I, what's beyond wild. <laughs> he was absolutely fearless. And at night, uh, sometimes she would be sleeping and this cat would thunder through the house back and forth. And all of a sudden he'd jump up on her side table where the window was and slide across it and slap into the shade, often breaking the damn shade, and make a little hole there. And he'd be tail wagging, looking outside and and one night I finally figured out what it was. I went to the front of the house to go to the bathroom or something. I looked out the window and there was another cat walking through the yard. And I thought, that sucker won't fight. Mm -hmm. He wanted to fight. He was very, when we took him to the vet, he had so much absolute energy. Really, he was so rotten. We had to pay extra money each time we ever took him to the vet to gas him. Not only when we came in there to be examined, but when he had to be re-examined. So you could count on at least 100 extra bucks, right? Oh, yeah. And then when we would drop him off, one time we, we went on vacation and, you know, we made the classic mistake in the past of like, oh, we'll just leave him enough food and stuff like that. Not a good thing. He didn't feel well when we got back. So we took him to the vet 
And, you know, he wasn't feeling good, so we took him to have him looked at overnight because obviously he had gotten upset and thrown up a lot. And, you know, it's kind of torture to do that to your pets. You should always board your pets. This is something I've learned through time. Do not leave your pets at home unless you have a sitter coming over. It's absolutely cruel to these animals to leave them at home wondering if you're alive or dead. Now, we did call them on the phone on the answering machine. We would. Back when there was answering machines. Yeah, we're that old. (laughs) And we would call him on the phone and talk to him through the answering machine, but I think it only upset him worse, if you know what I mean. Might have even confused him. I hear the voice, but where are they? <laughs> so don't do that to your pets. Always board your pets, you know. And the sad thing is with Kiva, he, he gets traumatized when we when we board him, you know. He really does. And he's just, he's too introverted. I have to cover his cage with a towel because he cries so much. Well, he only knows us. He's 18 pounds. He's literally as big as a bobcat. I mean, he's got a little weight to him, but if you saw how big this cat was, he's as big as any Maine Coon I've ever seen, and he doesn't have all that extra fur. But Buki was wild. He would literally climb to the top of the cabinets in the kitchen. I'm talking about places even a cat shouldn't get. And he would be up there and look down on us like we were the lowly peasants. Yeah, and he was the king and we were the peasants. And, and if you stuck your hand up there, he'd swat at your hands and everything. You know, he thought he was it. Now, he had a rotten side, too. He tore up everything. He was a bad cat, but yet he was, he was the most loving cat that I ever... I could literally just take my hands and rub them together real light, and he would come through the house looking for me. That's how attached that we were. And then I would make the little the little kitten noises, and he would come from no matter where in the house and come lay with me. Uh, he, was, he was one of our favorites. He was the wild child. But uh, when we got Kiva, we thought he was going to... We actually adopted him, right? The day we had to euthanize Buki because he ended up getting like a tumor in his butt, poor little fellow. Painful. Yeah. Poor baby. He, he would have never lived a normal life after that, and he would have had to be in the hospital like six months. Your pet doesn't want to be in the hospital six months. He doesn't know anything but you. And uh, so we had to make a really tough decision, and they knew what the decision was. But uh, I remember when he was passing, if you remember, everybody, that was when I was still in trash. And everybody, all these hardened criminals and these hard people, and I'm crying for like a month because I know he's passed, and I'm keeping his stool soft to take care of him. And everywhere I go, these, these, these tough guys, because I was one of the hard rollers there. I was like, you know, they had big names like Big Dog and White Chocolate, and, and the Spanish people called me El Capitan. And seeing these, and these people, I don't think they could handle this big, tough guy coming at them just crying all the time. So they would, I could literally see him like open the door and walk They'd away from run. him. They'd like, oh, no, I don't want him crying in front of me, man. I'm not going to break out crying because this grown man is crying about his cat. So one night I'm on my way home, and I worked late, and it was dark out. And I remember being at a red light, and I was just sobbing because I love this cat so much. And this, this lady at the red light rolls her window down. She said, what's wrong? And I remember just turning. And looking at her, and my lips all shaking and everything, and I was like, my cat dying. And she was like, oh, and I thought to myself, she might have thought I was crazy. You know, here's this grown man, you know, and I kept my head shaved back then. I literally looked like a thug, you know. And, uh, you know, and I was pretty fit, so I was a big boy. You wouldn't expect this big old guy to be sitting there crying at the light, but that was the most hilarious moment of my life looking back. That lady was so sweet. Yeah, she was, she was so sweet. So... Along the way, we've made a lot of friends with animals. We've lived with animals. In fact, Gina literally told me um, early in our marriage, and we have unique circumstances, you know, and and we're not going to discuss private things here on the show, but she told me 
either you're going to give me a baby or you're going to give me a cat. Damn it, we were at the pound in no time flat. <laughs> and I definitely, the bar has made a poem. But, you know, and I knew because I lived with cats, my mom was cat people and still is and always bringing in cats. I knew that as soon as she started living with a cat that, you know, it's hard to unlive with a cat. Once you've lived with a cat and you get used to them, I guarantee you, your, your house is going to be so silent the day you choose not to when you put down that last cat or when they pass away on you. It just is the loneliest sound in the world, not hearing them get up at night and eat the food and lap the water. And it's like they just become part of the rhythm of your life. I know. The sounds, seeing them all the time, taking care of them. And it is a lot of work. With cats, it's easy. You scoop their box. We've never had any issue. I don't know how many of you out there are, you know, have never had pets or uh, have never had cats. But, I mean, literally both times we just took the cat to the box and said, here it is. The only time little Bubba made a mess, um, one time I actually put the, the, the uh, it's like one of those walk-in litter boxes, and I put it on backwards. This was Buki. And for like a day or so, he cried. Oh. And, and I don't know why he was crying. Like, for because I scoop it daily. So for, all the way to the next day, he's, he's just crying because he's got a crap, man. He's got to take a shit. And he, he's got to do something about it. And he can't get in his box. That's how good he was with his waste. They're very clean, orderly animals. Keep their box clean. Uh, eventually, he did. He, he went in the bathtub and he, you know, he dropped his mess. He didn't have a choice. He waited the maximum. And then I finally figured out when I went to scoop his box the next day that I, I totally, totally shafted him. By turn, I put it backwards and he couldn't get in. But if you're thinking about getting an animal and you've never had one, you're looking for something that's low maintenance. I don't know how good they are for babies and with babies. Some people would say yes, some would say no. Uh, but they are wonderful pets. And yes, we are pimping kitty, right? Cats are easy to take care of. They really are. You really don't have to do much. You feed them, water them, scoop their litter, you know, love on them. But they're not like a dog where a dog needs to be, you know, cared for. They want more attention. They need grooming, constant going to the vet. It, it's just different. Uh, the hard worms, all of it. Well, the beautiful thing, too, about the cat is once you get to know each other, that cat likes to have his space just like a person. So they're not always in your face and, you know, up your ass about everything. They're kind of, they have, they're literally like citizens of the house. Like I've noticed they pee before bed. They pee when they get up, just like human beings. They do everything like human. He, get, he takes a drink of water before bed. He likes to eat a little bit before bed. I don't know how many of us are doing that, but it's probably why he's so fat. But <laughs> those habits are just like human habits. So we've, I really, really feel that the bond that we have with pets is magical. And for most of us, once we've had an animal in our life, it's very hard. And you know, some people get traumatized. I encourage you, when you lose a pet, don't give up, get another one. They enhance you. I know it's tough to lose something, but they give so much more to your life than they take away. And if you're not an animal person, hey, I get it. You're going to hell, but whatever. You know? <laughs> Shame on you. Know, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> There's a hell for you. No. you got to love you some animals, man. You know, I know some people are animal phobic. We don't like snakes much. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, and I, maybe perhaps that's because I spent my youth in some really thick swamps and stuff. You know, I used to go through the swamps like Rambo and stuff, like literally. 
like literally with combat boots on and, and trudged through the swamps because we thought we were friggin' Rambo, you know. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I remember one time we were trying to go over the fence down there at the old Diamond Labs before they shut it down and I threw the insulation over the fence and it was dark and all these, I felt like someone was burning me with a million cigarettes and I fell off the fence and my friend Chris shined the light on me and there were all these hornets stinging me. There was a nest in, in the dark. You don't know what that is. So they're not all friendly, and I don't know anybody except beekeepers that are really making friendly with the bees, but we love the cats here, right? Definitely, definitely. And bees are very important. Bees are very us. important. We yes. need them, you know. We love we some honey. We need them. We love some honey, ain't no doubt. How many of y'all heard of honey butter? <laughs> oh, Gina from the South definitely, definitely knows the honey butter. But not to get too far off subject, we just wanted to make this episode kind of lighthearted today because we've been away from the microphone for a while. Uh, we've really been thinking about all of you guys that are out there who've been loyal to the podcast, who've followed us and waited all of these months for us to release another episode so that you can sit in adoration of the great things that we have to say. What do you think, Gina? She is so crazy. I'm always so pompous and arrogant. <laughs> it's like a thing with me. But we are available too daily to do readings. Both of us are independent, quick for advisor advisors. We do do readings. We don't really solicit that often. We'll do it. Hey, this is a shameless self-promotion plug here. This is our podcast. But you'll never see me ever, you know, making advertisements and stuff to get readings. We're very busy and we're very sought after. We, we work on multiple platforms. I mean, Gina, she's been like staff pick on one of them like three times in a year. And me, I'm kind of, you know, Mr. Bigwig over there, you know, top rated, top accuracy. But we're also on Bob Olson's Best Psychic Directory, which is something we're proud of, right? Extremely. Bob Olson is a really stand-up guy. And if you ever get a chance to go by the Best Psychic Directory, he's a private investigator who basically lost a family member and, and struggled with death. And so he went to psychics and mediums and things like that. And this validated to him that there was there were people who could connect with the afterlife and of course to get on this particular um, directory you have to go through background checks vetted authenticity so we're really proud of that listing we read over there daily and uh, we're proud of that but we read at our website at hawkmoonvisions.com we have both of us have call buttons we have uh, we have live chat I do live video and we have telephone so going back to the animal stories Talk about when Buki was really, really tiny and you went, you were in the bathroom. Oh, hell, here comes my shame. And, and actually Kiva. Kiva went under the door. Went under the door. I, I don't know how this cat did this, but he flattened out and was able to wiggle under the door. With that big ass head. I but just, he got under the damn door. We were Man, scared. I was just like, I hope he does not make a habit of this because he's going to get bigger and he's going to get stuck. But um, but fortunately, that was the only time he did that. Praise Jesus. Kiva would get in my underwear like a hammock while I was taking, you know, the number two. I know this is very graphic, but... And one time, Buki, he actually went and he knew how to open doors by slamming his butt into it. He actually exposed me and Gina just started laughing <laughs> when I was doing my business. So, you know, the animal whisperer can't even, you know, can't even do his business without the animals. <laughs> so listen, every day we are available at hawkmoonvisions.com. This podcast is available wherever podcasts are consumed. We just moved it to Anchor, so uh, some of the RSSs might be a little broken in some places. We're repairing that now. 
Every day we do readings at hawkmoonvisions.com. We give quality readings. Both of us are very experienced, you know, doing this, and we enjoy doing what we do, right? Right on. And, and to be honest with you, you'll get something that's a little different with us. We, ha we have a little bit of a different perspective. Number one, we've been married for 26 years, so we actually know how to make a relationship work, and we know what it looks like. Uh, and number two, we have some life experience and, and some wisdom, and we've been in this business for a while. So if you're looking for a quality reading, go over there and look at what we have to offer. You can schedule callbacks through the systems as, as well as a, a scheduled call. So. Listen, this is going to conclude this segment of this podcast. I don't want to be too long-winded because we're going to start releasing these episodes on the regular, right? Right on. We're going, we're going to do it. So until the next time, I don't want to say next week because it's been months, but I feel it's going to be a weekly thing. We just want to thank all of you for listening, right? Yes. We're very, very grateful for any, any support that we get. We're going to try to keep this thing commercial-free. Down the line, we may actually make it listener-supported, but we don't want you to be bogged down with all of these commercials, at least at this phase of the game. We want you to just enjoy the show, right? Yes. All right, so we'll see you next week or the next time that we do the podcast, and this is the conclusion of episode four, The Mystical Magical Fur Babies. You guys have a really good weekend, and we hope you enjoyed. Now remember now, you can find us now at intuitiveinsights.one, where both my wife and I offer intuitive rune, tarot, and oracle readings daily. Both of us are spiritual life coaches as well as intuitive advisors. We're listed on the Bob Olson's Best Psychic Directory, a very prestigious directory. So we're very proud of our accomplishments and we're proud of the services we have to offer. We also have a new audio email reading delivered in MP3 audio, and you want to check that out. It's only $25.00. Delivered in MP3 audio, it's 10 minutes basically of audio, and it's those, these are performed by myself, and uh, also pictures from my table, so you get to see actually the images from the reading as well as the audio, usually up to about 10 minutes, like I said, and uh, it's a wonderful service, getting a lot of good feedback on it. So go buy intuitiveinsights.one, give us a little shake, check it out, and we look forward to you listening to us in the future. So please support us if you can, and. Please let your love light shine.